Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having on the program, the one and, all, one and only Warren D. Robinson. He's phenomenal. Love uh, what he brings to our program. He is uh, one of my favorite uh, go-to in the media critic space, and any long-term listener of the show know that's one of my biggest focuses is, is what's wrong with media. And uh, that's why perhaps this is great, such a great team, including him. Warren D. Robinson is not only a media critic. In fact, that's not even his primary uh, notoriety. He is really known uh, for his work in the media, in producing media, including working with Oxygen, Netflix, and many other uh, major names. And he uh, also brings with him a degree in law, which I think uh, really makes an interesting perspective. Uh, you know, Warren, whenever you're on the program, I don't think you ever actually practiced law, did you? Uh, yeah, I did. I absolutely did. Okay. So uh, this, this is your opportunity a lot when you and I are, are, are visiting to geek out in a legal sort of way, too, because you always get into that, and you always sound like someone who's practicing law. And so it's like you never quite get out of your system. You just let it out in uh, our media forum. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you can you can do uh, something much more. I guess you would are I would argue more creative. What you actually do and making phenom phenomenal shows. Always love uh, hearing about your latest work. What's well, the best way to do that? Is at warrenbrobison dot com. Let's get straight into our topic. This is a very uh, very important one and very sad to me how much time you and I spend uh, talking about how. On, on, for, to me, both major parties, the Republicans and the Democrats, have such a poor culture uh, and, and so many problems uh, with the people that work uh, in their positions in leadership. You know, we, we complain about third world countries a lot, but when you look at the U.S. today and you look at the situation with Hunter Biden and, and you look at, at some of the stuff that people wonder how connected Joe Biden is in that situation. I mean, it's really problematic. And, and now it seems like the Hunter Biden, which looked like was about to go away, that problem was about to go, go away, go away. You know, the fact that we have checks and balances, right? <laughs> Three branches of government. Well, the judicial branch has made sure it's not going away anytime soon. So jump in with that. Sit the stage for us. Yeah, you know, Joe Biden has a Hunter Biden problem. And he has to figure out a coherent message and how he's going to deal with this Hunter situation. Because as of now, he simply doesn't have one. Um, he simply, you know, he, the media has treated him with kid gloves as it comes to Hunter's potential or alleged um, illegal influence peddling, his illegal tax issues. The, Joe Biden has done very few interviews, we know for a fact. He doesn't talk to the media a lot. He has been not asked a lot of questions about this, and so he's been able to kind of avoid it. But now that the Department of Justice has appointed a special counsel to investigate these crimes against uh, Hunter Biden, that indicates to me that we're going to see more charges. They're going to be more serious in nature. And with the plea deal falling apart um, that he was uh, taking in Delaware, recently. That indicates a trial is coming. I don't know that the mainstream media can continue to ignore this. And so Joe Biden is going to have to figure out, how am I going to answer this Hunter Biden question? Because so far, he hasn't answered it. 
So has the plea deal fallen apart completely, or is it on hold pending explanation like is the impression we're getting? So the Hunter Biden attorneys are arguing right now that, in fact, the prosecution, the federal prosecutors, cannot go back on this deal. But the federal prosecutors have said, no, wait a minute, we just had a tentative deal, it was never signed, and we can withdraw it. I do believe that that ought to win today. I believe that the plea agreement is going to be withdrawn. And here's the thing, Kevin, it really was never a real plea to begin with because the terms were not defined. Because when the judge asked the questions, if the terms had been defined, the plea would have been accepted. But it was simply too much, too, many, too much gray area, right? The lawyers didn't know whether or not other crimes were excluded. And did that mean that he was also not going to be prosecuted for them? The defense attorney said yes. The prosecution said no. Well, one of the first things you learn about an agreement is you, got, you both sides have to agree. And yeah. so I, I don't think there was ever an agreement uh, fully in place there. And now and in, it looks like the Department of Justice is saying, no, we're going to go to trial on this. And furthermore, why would David Wise ask to be appointed special counsel if he were not investigating or looking to bring additional charges and he was simply going to enforce the plea deal that they had already brokered together? To me, that indicates something else is coming down the pipeline. Yeah, and doesn't it also, I mean – Talk about special counsel deals that don't actually involve elected officials or high-level appointed officials. I, I can't think of any off the and, top of my head. There are, so any time that there could be a potential conflict, is when you would want to avoid, uh, when you would want to appoint a special counsel. In right. this case, uh, because you want to make sure that there are that no one is being treated unfairly or that anybody is giving a sweetheart kind of deal. And so in this case, because Joe Biden is president, he appoints Merrick Garland. The theory is you need a special counsel to make sure that Joe Biden is not influencing Merrick Garland to go easy on his son. And so by having a special counsel designated, he is free to work independently. So he doesn't necessarily – He so, so Merrick Garland is his boss, but he doesn't answer to Merrick Garland in terms of the charges that he chooses to bring or not to bring. So he is free to work independently of any influence from Merrick Garland or Joe Biden. That is why you would appoint a, a, a special counsel. Yeah, yeah. And so there is that because there's a suspicion – or is it only because of the fact that it's possible? Of course, the Republicans have been beating the drum for a long time that not only has there been that kind of collusion going on and cover going on, that, uh, but that uh, Joe Biden has profited off of uh, Hunter Biden's uh, you know, international relationships. Your thoughts? Yes. You, so there has, the Republicans have made a lot of um, claims about Joe Biden. There's been no evidence of any of this, Sean. Um, I do believe, because David Weiss had been investigating Hunter Biden, he did not ask to be appointed as a special counsel before. I do believe that is a direct result of the Republicans making a lot of waves about the fact that, wait a minute, um, he hasn't been appointed special counsel, and they saw this plea deal as kind of a sweetheart deal, and so they made a lot of waves about, is this fair? And so I think that in the interest of the public, David Weiss wanted to be clear that, okay, I'm doing this completely independent. There's nobody influencing my decisions here. So I do think that that is why he asked um, to be made a special counsel here. 
uh, again, there, there's been no evidence. We haven't seen any evidence that Joe Biden is actually involved. We've seen a relation from the Republicans, but they haven't been able to produce direct evidence of him profiting from Hunter Biden's um, influence. But we've seen Hunter has profited a lot and didn't pay a lot of taxes on it, but we haven't seen that Joe Biden has been involved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To uh, really one of my favorite people to talk about all things media, but this is way beyond that law, politics, you know, and how it's being treated by the media. I do want to jump in for a moment and talk about uh, your perception of uh, the media treatment. I've been talking to Warren D. Robinson. Warren, talk a little bit about the media treatment. I could not agree with you more. Um, this has all been very serious, and there has been a lot of uh, really, um, you know, I wonder how much of it has been overly kind and gentle to to uh, Biden, which, you know, my old conservative Republican scripts would say, yeah, that's what's going on. He's being handled with kid gloves. And I, I would have said that as much as the fact that there's this, you know, you can't help but have a comparison game between Trump and Biden. How do we talk about, you know, Biden at all when you're looking at someone like Trump, who, as I've said before, <laughs> seems to be collecting indictments like a hobby? Well, yes, there is no comparison uh, between the charges that Hunter Biden is facing versus what Donald Trump is facing, and there's no comparison between the two of them because Donald Trump was a sitting president. Hunter Biden is not an elected official. So those are two different standards. Nonetheless, let's be honest, the media has not really covered the Hunter Biden story very much. I guarantee you many Americans, maybe most Americans, really don't even know what exactly is going on with Hunter Biden, because the mainstream media has only very selectively talked about uh, this story. They just have not covered it very much, and they haven't pressed the president on it. And so they've allowed him to be able to escape having to answer any of this stuff, because he simply, you know, it's personal. It's a personal matter, and they let it go. There's no pressure there. There's no body going and uh, coalescing and saying, wait a minute, Mr. President, we want answers to these things. So he has been able to escape a lot of mainstream coverage of this issue. And if Trump is his running mate, I think that's going to continue because Trump's charges are so much more serious that that's where the focus is going to be. So that he may give him a further If Trump is his opponent. If his opponent, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't it be funny if they were? I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that would not be. Yeah, that would be. That'd be some that would television, be unusual, though, right? That'd be some television. That that would be for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think. And by the way, I know some people are going to go. What you know? Listen to me, and and, and as if I'm dismissive, uh, you know, and and that Hunter should not have a special special counsel or Biden get more scrutiny. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just kind of surprised he's getting additional scrutiny because I do believe there's media bias that's anti-Trump is softer towards Democrats. I believe that. I still believe that. Uh, But, uh, you know, really that's part of our problem, isn't it, Warren, is that our side protects our bad guys and their side protects their bad guys when, uh, you know, when everyone needs to be held accountable, regardless of who teams they're on, because we should be on America's team. No, you're absolutely right. And we have lamented about this. The media is no longer neutral. It's very hard to find neutral, middle-ground media. I know News Nation is trying to be that, even though I still think they lean a little bit more right. But they're trying, but we don't have a lot of neutral media anymore. And the consumers are no longer seeking out 
neutral uh, neutral media. They are intentionally seeking outlets that are going to feed their perspective and their point of view. So that's yeah. a problem. So I agree with you 100%. It's a big problem. Yeah, and, and even those who, who really, I think, are serious, mainly because of economic forces uh, like um, the Associated Press, like Reuters, they, they tend to be objective, but even in their, because they have to be, right? Their subscribers are far-left publications, far-right publications, and everything in between. That's where these publications get their, their news to interpret. So they tend to be, but even that is, you know, uh, I think impacted by their ethnocentricity, their pro-West, their pro-U.S. You know, you know there's, there's no such thing as ob- objective media. I'm, I'm not sure if there can be. I don't think there ever has been. Uh, but, yeah, they can do a better job than what we're seeing today. What we're seeing today is, is where the news is really secondary to the echo chambers that they're selling their product to. No, and I would agree Associated Press and some of those outlets are objective in what they write, but they're also selective in the stories they choose to cover and the amount in which they choose to cover them. Um, And so that kind of plays into certain biases as well. So you can be objective but still be very selective in terms of who and what you choose to cover, and I think that's what we see with most of these news outlets. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. We're going to have to begin wrapping it up. We're not going to solve this. This is really interesting, though. And I think that, you know, I really believe, and I think you agreed with me, uh, that one of the reasons why Donald has become, how does someone like Donald Trump become president of the United States in the first place? Well, the reason, the reason is quite simple. It's because of the media's apparent, apparent bias that made Americans not trust the media. And uh, I think he is a direct result, or at least a, a profoundly influent, uh, uh, influenced by the result of a media that has been so anti-Republican in so many ways, and particularly anti-this Republican, to where it makes average Americans not particularly well-educated as I'm sure you remember the 2016 Arizona, or Nevada, was it Nevada or Arizona? I love the uneducated. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, it appeals to that uh, to that lowest common denominator, that the dominator. By the way, that's not all of his supporters. I've got good friends who support him, and they're highly intelligent. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know, which makes me wonder: How do you support him? Because I know you're smart. But um, it's it's. I think there's that a lot of that is a reaction. We're not tolerating the media wagging its finger at us. And and a vote for Trump was a, a vote against that behavior on the part of the, uh, of the media. I think. No, you're a hundred percent right. He represents people who felt unheard. They felt unheard, and they yeah. feel like they found their champion in Donald Trump because he says all the things they want to say, right? And and he does all the things they want to do. And so, yeah, he's become their champion, even though he has nothing in common with them. By the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, he's still eating his caviar. Don't don't worry about him. <laughs> All right, Warren D. Robinson, WarrenDRobinson.com. Always love having you on the program. That was fun. Uh, you know, often we don't actually solve anything, but we do provide some perspective on what's happening. And I do think uh, you've had some great insight here on this whole topic. Um, I do hope the media takes up the game. And I think it's in the media's best interest for credibility's sake. They really pay when it comes to talking about what's happening with Trump. All right. 
we're going to have to wrap it up with that. I am Kevin Price, my guest, Warren D. Robinson, and you're listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business.